What's up everybody? My name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 20 where we will be talking about match day 20. Now the theme of this episode is definitely going to be Dortmund. Is Dortmund making a push for the league title? I sure think so and we're going to discuss all of that and then right after the match day coverage we'll do a deep dive about the team itself. That's going to be really interesting so stick around for that. But for now, let's get right into the match day. So first game, RB Leipzig versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. This is first place versus third place. Gladbach is in third, but they're only two points away from the top spot. So this match is really important for both teams. And with Bayern in second place there, really the winner of this match could kind of decide the table for this match day. So it's a very, very important match going into this one. The game ends in a very, very exciting 2-2 tie. Gladbach goes up in the first half, 2-0, and then Red Bull come back in the second half to tie the game up 2-2. There's a goalkeeping error from Jan Sommer that leads to Red Bull Leipzig's first goal, and then the second goal is just a beauty from Nkunku. But the real controversy here is that Allison Playa gets a yellow card for dissent and then immediately starts yelling at the referee and gets another immediate yellow card leading to a red and gets kicked out of the game. And from then on is where RB Leipzig puts on the pressure. And that last goal that Leipzig scores to tie the game up 2-2 came in the 89th minute, right in the dying embers of the game. So this is definitely a exciting game and it really shows how both teams are passionate and want to win it. Although if you really want to break it down, you, you can kind of blame this tie or almost loss for Gladbach on Allison play. I mean, he scored, but then he also put his team in a difficult spot, really, that kind of forced them to play a man down, and that ultimately led to Leipzig getting the tie. So that's how that game ends. Both teams get one point. So that really helps Bayern and Dortmund, who are trying to catch up to that first place spot. So we'll see how that goes in the rest of the match day. But because of this red card, Playa misses the next game. However, it's only versus FC Cologne, so not the most difficult of opponents, but like I mentioned in previous episodes, Allison Playa is Leipzig's probably best player and most prolific goal scorer, even though they don't really have someone that's like a shining star of a goal scorer, but Playa does t tend to get most of the goals. So that's going to affect them next game. Now, next game is Bayern versus Mainz. Now this was a pretty dominant game from Bayern, not really much to say here, not much analysis. Mainz gave up all three goals in the first half. They played a lot better in the second though, so I mean, you gotta give them credit there. They didn't give up any goals in the second and you can tell a difference of form between the first and second halves of the game, but that was not enough to get them any points. In this game, Louis, Muller, and Thiago all are in great form. I think those were the three players that scored goals as well. Now Thiago, He's on a hot streak as well, just like I mentioned Muller was. Thiago's got three goals in three games, so he's kind of back on that form that he had when Pep Guardiola was coach back in like 2015-16, around that era, and that is just awesome. Thiago is one of my favorite midfielders for sure, and he's finally showing those moments of brilliance in game after game after game and becoming consistent with it, so I'm really happy for him. Muller continues his great form, and Lewandowski is always is starting to pull away from Timo Werner in the Golden Boot race. So that is something to keep an eye on as well. But like I said, that game was pretty cut and dry. Bayern dominate and win the game. Next up, we have Fortuna Dusseldorf versus Eintracht Frankfurt. In this game, 
Eintracht Frankfurt ties last place Dusseldorf just after beating first place Leipzig last week. So I don't know what's going on in the Frankfurt camp. If you guys watch Premier League, there's kind of a joke going around right now about Man U, how they're the Robin Hood of the league. They take points from the rich, from teams like Man City, and got a point out of Liverpool and Tottenham and those kinds of teams. And then they give them to the poor, like Burnley and other teams at the bottom of the table. That's kind of seeming what Frankfurt is like this year in the Bundesliga. They lose to Paderborn, they tie Dusseldorf, but earlier in the season they beat Bayern and they beat Leipzig. So it's a real hot and cold season for Frankfurt, and I don't really know how to read them, but that's kind of how this week went for them. They tied the bottom of the barrel in Fortuna Dusseldorf, so we'll see how they recover from that next week. Now, the next game I want to talk about is Dortmund versus Union Berlin. So Dortmund in this game is trying to get revenge for the first meeting that these teams had this year where Union Berlin actually beat Dortmund 3-1, which was one of the most impressive wins of Union's first half of the season. So they're trying to get revenge now, and Union Berlin has to come to play in one of the most difficult stadiums in Germany in Signal Duna Park with 80,000 strong. That's a challenge for any team, but for a newly promoted team especially. Now, Dortmund dominate this game with another five-point game. The final score is a 5-0 clean sheet. Wow, that is just amazing for Dortmund. I hate to admit it, but they're just in top form right now. Erling Holland, the, the star wonder kid, nets two more goals. So let me just read out some of these statistics so you guys can imagine how crazy good Erling Holland is right now. He has seven goals in three games. Now, in those three games, he's played a combined 136 minutes. So that's seven goals in 136 minutes. He is averaging a goal every 19 minutes he is on the pitch. That is just amazing. The only other thing I could think of was actually another Dortmund player last year in Paco Alcácer where he would come off the bench and score, come off the bench and score, come off the bench and score, and sometimes get two or three goals as well. So that's the only other player I can really think of that comes close to the kind of form that Holland is in right now. But I would say Holland in this particular stretch is hotter than Alcácer was last year anyway. Last three games that Dortmund has played, they are outscoring their opponents 15-4. to That is just super impressive, and that's really adding to their goal differential. It seems to me like right now in the beginning of the Rückrunde, they are just making a final push for the Bundesliga title. They got their star signing that they wanted in the winter, and they are just running for the title. They are firing on all cylinders. They're sitting in third place right now, only three points out of first. But with the current form, I can easily see them going on a hot streak and beating all opponents left, right, and center and really, really making a serious push for the Bundesliga title. This is why I'm saying that Bundesliga is super exciting this year because you have Leipzig with their huge upstart coach and Julian Nagelsmann who's whipped this team into amazing shape. Then you have Bayern that are the team that's always in it every single year. They've won it seven years running now and are always favorites to win. And then you have Dortmund that's kind of always keeping up with Bayern, giving them a run for their money. Last year, it took all the way to the last match day of the season to determine the winners. And then this year, they are trying to finally 
edge off Bayern and probably Leipzig and you know all the other contenders in the race. They it seems like they really want it. But so do the other teams. So it's just it's really going to be interesting to see who gets it. Now, not only is Holland in top form right now, you also have Jaden Sancho who is in amazing form and Marco Royce is doing well. The defense seems to be keeping them safe enough, only giving up four goals in the last three games while scoring 15. This is just really an incredible title race and I don't think there's a more exciting one going on in Europe right now. All right, now that we're done with the match day coverage, there's two teams that I want to talk about. First, let's start off with Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim currently sit in seventh place, which is the last Europa League spot in the Bundesliga. The last couple years, this has kind of been their spot on the table. Sixth place, seventh place, fifth place sometimes. Right around that range is where you usually expect them to be. But now they have competition for that spot as well. Freiburg seems to be vying for it. Wolfsburg, which usually I rated equal to, maybe a little bit better than Hoffenheim sometimes. They're only three and six points respectively behind Hoffenheim and also fighting for that last Europa League spot. They want to get that European competition and that is a good motivator for the players. What makes Hoffenheim's run this year very interesting is two additions that they brought into the team this season. The first being Robert Skov. They signed him in the summer. I believe he came from Denmark. I don't know if he was in the Danish league or another league, but he's a Danish player and he's been scoring lots of goals for his previous teams. And then also picking up Munas Dabor is a great pickup for them as well. Some seasons scored 19, some seasons scored 15, some seasons scored 20. Adding him to this lineup is definitely a good reinforcement for them to have. These two players, hopefully once they mesh well and the team starts getting some chemistry, they can probably do some really good things for Hoffenheim. It just depends whether or not they're able to click and whether or not the coach is able to find a system that works for these players and for this team. Do they have a bright future? I sure think so. Hopefully they do because I'd like to see some more competition from Hoffenheim. This is a team that I rate pretty well and I'd like to see how they do now that they have these new reinforcements for their team. I'm really excited to watch them this season and next season to see how they do. Now lastly, I want to talk about Dortmund before we finish off the episode. I already mentioned their game where they won 5-0, but now I just want to discuss the team in general and kind of dive deeper into a topic that I alluded to last week. Now Dortmund are really, really good. They always finish near the top of the Bundesliga, second place, third place. Before Bayern had their stretch of seven Bundesliga titles, Dortmund had won it as well. And in that stretch, I think Dorman has won the Pokal also. So they're always in competition for trophies in Germany. But they do have a problem. And I think this problem might have something to do with why they can't ever get that final step to greatness, to getting a trophy. And to me, I think that problem is they cannot hold on to their top attacking talent, whether it's because they choose to sell them or whether it's they have bad negotiations and the players leave. I don't know what the issue is, but it seems like they cannot hold on to top talent. This team has some of the best fans in Europe. They put 80,000 butts in seats every single week when they play a game, whether it's Bundesliga, Pokal, Champions League. They put 80,000 butts in seats every single game. Standing in front of the yellow wall in 
Signal Duna Park has got to be an intimidating thing, no matter who you are. Coming to play in Dortmund is never easy as an away team. But why don't the Dortmund players want to stay there? Let's talk about that. So in the last few years, these are all players, attacking players, strikers and wingers and really offensive-minded players that have played for Dortmund and have been let go or have been sold or traded and have left the team. Obviously, everyone knows about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, how he went to the Premier League and went to Arsenal. He's had some success there. I believe he won the Golden Boot and he made it to the Europa League finals against Chelsea as well. Then you have Christian Pulisic, the American, who last season left Dortmund and went over to Chelsea and is having his career there. But on top of those two players, there's been a bunch more very, very good players that have done the same thing. You have Andrei Yarmolenko from Ukraine, came over from Dynamo Kiev, had a pretty good beginning to his career with Dortmund, and then picked up an injury and kind of fell out of favor for a bit while he was injured. But they sold him after that year. If they could have held on to him and given him time to play a full season, I think he could have been successful there. And he had been on the radar of lots and lots of European teams for years. Even though he was coming from a small league in Ukraine, he's still a player that lots of teams had their eye on. Everyone knew about him, and Dortmund was finally able to pick him up, only to, in my opinion, not use him to his full potential. Then he went over to West Ham and kind of is floating around there. I know they also have Sebastian Allaire, another Bundesliga player, but the two of them just aren't able to link up and play as well as they did in their previous teams. In addition to that, they also had Usman Dembele. Now this was a young, young star. They picked him up from France. He had a promising career as an 18-year-old in Germany. He played very well with Pierre-Marc Aubameyang. Those two players really gelled in, in a, I believe it was Aubameyang's last season at Dortmund. And then Barcelona picked up interest, paid $105 million or euros, whatever the price was, transfer fee, and he went over to Barcelona and has been riding the bench because he's injured, not riding the bench, he's been injured since then and hasn't really gotten his time to shine at Barcelona. I think that was maybe a premature move on Dortmund letting him go. He was still so young and I believe had so much to offer if he decided to stay his career in Dortmund, but for whatever reason chose not to. And there was a whole controversy with the way he left and he trashed his home and a whole bunch of other stuff, so I, really, I don't really know if he's welcome back in Germany or in Dortmund, but that's a player that, especially with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leaving, you could build a club around that kind of player. You know, he was so young and had so much to offer, but they let him go. Then again, it's kind of hard to say no to 105 million when Barcelona's knocking at your door, but you kind of have to pick and choose your battles. Then, on top of those players, Michi Batshuayi had a loan spell in Dortmund and did very well in that loan spell as well. They chose not to pick him up. Brought in Paco Alcacia from Barcelona. He had an amazing season last year. Listen to any of my past episodes. He had an amazing season last year. Was one of the reasons why the Bundesliga title race came down to the last match day. And he also gave Robert Lewandowski a run for his money with the Golden Boot race. So Paco Alcacia, again, another player that you could build a club around and for whatever reason, this year with Marco Royce healthy 
and with Erling Holland coming in the second half, Paco Acosta fell out of favor, and just now in the past transfer window was sold to, I believe, Valencia on a five-year contract. Then we're down to the current team. The current players, Marco Royce is the one I probably don't think is going anywhere, but you have the very young and star Englishman, Jaden Sancho, and then you have the youngster Erling Holland as well. Will these players stay on the team and see this project through the end until Dortmund win a title? Or are they going to finish out their seasons, maybe do one more? Like I think Erlen Holland has 18 months with Dortmund. He's, he came in in the middle of a transfer window in January. I think he finishes this year out, does one more year, and then he's off to wherever his heart desires because any team will pay money for him and he'll probably you know, get big money transfers. But it, it just leads to the question of why does Dortmund sell off all their players? Why don't they try to convince them to stay? Why don't they have a pitch that says, stay here, we'll build the team, we'll build the club around these core players, and we can make a serious run for whatever titles we want to get. We can go deep in the Champions League. We can win the Bundesliga if you stay here. But... For whatever reason, they never make that pitch, or it's always been unsuccessful. I think they just have an issue with holding on to players, and I'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys know any Dortmund fans or are Dortmund fans, please write into my email, w2bundesliga at gmail.com, and let's have a conversation, because I actually would love, love to talk to some Dortmund fans about this, about why all these players are let go, and and why they don't decide to stay with the team. I'm really interested in that topic because some of those names I read off, those are great players, and they all chose to leave. I know, I'm just curious why. That's my analysis on that. Imagine if Dortmund still had some of those players all on the same team. I think they would be even more of a force to be reckoned with than what they are now. And right now, they are definitely a force to be reckoned with, for sure. That's what I have to say about that. Please, if you guys know any Dortmund fans, Shoot me an email and let's talk about it. I'll answer any questions you have on air or if you send me a comment, I'll, I'll discuss on the next episode. All right, last thing we have is the man of the match day. Now, for this week, it really came down to two players for me, and that was either Thiago or Erling Holland. I would have considered Allison Playa if he didn't get the uh, two reds or two yellows into a red, but since he had that little fumble, he's out of the running for me. This week, I give it to Holland. He got it the first time I started the man of the match day, and then he's getting it this week as well. Seven goals in 136 minutes. Can't really compete with that. Holland gets it this week. Congratulations to him. All right, guys, that's the show. If you want, please check out the show notes. I'll have some really, really cool videos in there. Fun fact, Jaden Sancho is the first teenager in the Bundesliga to score 25 goals. That video is in the show notes. I have the full highlights of the Dortmund-Union Berlin game, including a tribute to Sabatic, who spent 10 years of his career at Dortmund and now plays for Union Berlin, and he was welcomed back with open arms at Dortmund, so definitely check that out. It's a nice little video there. Then I'll also have highlights of the RB Leipzig versus Gladbach game. You can check that out. That is a very exciting one, so I highly recommend checking that out for sure. All right, my email is w2bundesliga at gmail.com. 
My Instagram is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. All right, guys, my name is Andrew. This has been episode 20. I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>